Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Governor David Patterson, really one of the great governors we've had in New York. Uh, well, it's been a long time. I'm sorry, but between Hochul and uh, Cuomo, uh, I wish Governor Patterson would come back and go to work. But uh, here he is. I know he's on this show quite a bit. He's on my show in the morning every now and then as well. Governor Patterson, happy MLK Day, buddy. How are you? Well, thank you. Happy MLK Day to you, Sid. You know, it's interesting about Martin Luther King's birthday because... On Martin Luther King's birthday, which was yesterday, by the way, we we need to point out that was yesterday, not today. Right. Right. And but that day he was not on his birth certificate named Martin Luther King. Mm. His name was Michael King, Jr. No kidding. And when he was five years old, his father was so moved by the uh, reading about Martin Luther and the great uh, strides that he made to establish freedom for religion uh, centuries before, that he changed his name to Martin Luther King, and then Martin Luther King uh, Jr., he changed his son's name as well. So he had kind of a calling from the time he was five years old. And this sort of way that King looked at the world universally, as opposed to racially, even though he was the greatest racial civil rights leader in this country really comes into bear. So for instance, right in the middle of the civil rights struggle, when they finally get Washington to listen and they pass the civil rights act of 1964 and the voting rights act of 1965, what does King do? He goes the other way Hmm. against president Johnson and condemns the war in Vietnam. And whether you like that or not, and he even defended Muhammad Ali for going against the war in Vietnam. Now, defending Muhammad Ali was not a popular thing to do in those days, but that's why I have this kind of heroism about him. And I'll just tell you this quick story, Sid. We were um, playing uh, on the parkway across the street from where we lived, and somebody hit a ball, and it hit this car. And all of us were black, and the driver of the car was a white Southerner, you could tell by the way he was cursing at us. It had a Southern drawl. Yeah. He walks right up to us, and uh, the oldest of our group, he looks him right in the face, and he says, I ought to do this and do that, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And he goes, and uh, finally his wife goes, Mac, come on, let's get out of here. So he goes, he gets back in the car, he drives away, and our friend, who was older than us, looked at us and he said, if he had said one word about my race, and one of the other kids said, you would have gone home and called Martin Luther King. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's a great story. That is a great story. You know, somebody uh, was on my show this morning and said that back in that era, and of course I was born in 1967, I was about to celebrate my one-year birthday on April 19th of 1968 when Dr. King was assassinated two weeks before on April the 4th. But somebody told me this morning that you almost had to choose between Malcolm X and Martin Luther, that Martin Luther King was the more 
you know, Common and Malcolm X was a little more rebellious. Is that true that a lot of folks had to choose between between those two great men? I don't think that Malcolm X really got into the movement. I mean, King was the one on the street nearly getting killed a number of times before he was actually assassinated. Malcolm X was a very strong leader. He spoke, you know, what they call the proverbial truth to power. And uh, but I, I didn't see that divide as as much in the community as I've heard later on after it actually happened. I think that a lot of people appreciated that Malcolm X went further than King in his criticism and documented it sometimes. He was a very bright man, documented it quite well. But I think that uh, with uh, Dr. King, he didn't see himself as in competition with anyone as much as he had a vision and he wanted to follow it. And, of course, he knew what was going to happen to him. He predicted his own death 24 hours before uh, he was shot. Uh, Governor, why aren't you sitting here with me today? <laughs> you know, you know you, you really and I, wanna... you know you and I play off each other. I know you really want to know, Rudy. Yes, we want to know because I have COVID. Oh, oh my wow. God! Jeez. Spoiler oh, alert! You feel okay? See what a friend I am, Rudy. I didn't even make you. I could have come down right. there, and then we'd, <laughs> then, we'd, <laughs> then, we'd really be, then we'd really be together. Right. Do, you feel, do you feel okay? In all seriousness, you feel okay? Um, I, I, I felt about as bad as I can remember feeling on Friday, but, um, three, three days out, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, you and, sound and great. Honestly, listening to you, you guys are inspiring. Me. Uh, thank Very you. Good group thank here you. Today. Thank you. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, speedy recovery, recovery governor. And I wanted to say that you have a rich history of politics in New York. And so Dr. King stood for nonviolence, but you see what's going on here in New York. What? would be your recommendation for the young people now about stopping the violence? How, how do you say that we do that? Well, I think that we've got to find a path for younger people. And uh, Bill O'Reilly before cited the number of people who are not born into stable families. By the way, that's going on in the black community, but it's also going on in all communities at a higher level than it has been before. So I see it as a whole societal challenge to try to get younger people focused more than on uh, antagonism and, and tribalism and fighting the people who you know live in the next neighborhood from them and the kind of stuff that you heard about back in the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the other issues that, that we have to address is that these recording artists and even a lot of movies are almost fomenting this. They're almost, um, you, you know, uh, egging people on. And, you know, if we're talking about equal racial relations, if somebody made a movie, and they did make a movie castigating the Jewish religion, and most people condemned it, then we've got to start making sure that, that you know, education rarely comes in the schools. The schools teach you reading and writing, but what kind of person you're going to be and how you interact with people is uh, is the most important part of actually being there. When I was school age, I wasn't allowed into the public schools in New York City, which is why my mother took me to Long Island, because she wasn't going to put me in a special school. And I don't know where I'd be if she didn't do that. So what wow. we've got to do is to give 
the young people a different look uh, from what they're seeing right now. Excellent job, as always, Governor Patterson. We hope you feel better, obviously. Thank you so much for providing us with some great commentary on this special day, and we'll see you in studio very, very soon. Feel better, pal. Thank you, Sid. Great job. You too. Inez Dickens and Keith Wright still to come, plus some more of Jania Butler and Rudy Washington with me, Sid Rosenberg, right here. Catch at night.